بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا ونبينا أبي القاسم المصطفى محمد وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين لا سيما بقية الله في الأرضين This is our final session and it is the 14th session that we have had, alhamdulillah, on the Qur'an. There are many things to mention and I have to be very brief uh, so that I can address remaining major issues. So far we have talked about few things that we have to observe with respect to the Qur'an. One is to believe in the Qur'an in two levels that we mentioned. One is to have physical encounter with the Qur'an in the form of looking at the Qur'an, reading the Qur'an, and then reflecting on the Qur'an. And we talked about what should we think when we want to reflect on the Qur'an, how should we apply Qur'anic verses to ourselves, how should we think that every promise or threat there may apply to me, and the things that we need also to observe as manners and etiquettes for recitation, recitation of the Qur'an, like facing qibla, making wuzu, uh, asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for refuge and protection from Satan, and about how many verses we should read and things like this. Today we want to refer to some other uh, concepts that we have in our hadith and the Quran. One is the concept of carrying the Quran. Hamle Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran that Mathalu alladhina hummilu al-tawrata thumma lam yahmiluha kamathal al-hamar yahmilu aswara. Allah refers to some people that were given Torah, they were asked to carry the Quran, but they didn't carry the Torah. Allah said their example is like example of a donkey which is loaded by books. The donkey is carrying the books but does not understand the books. So it's not a matter of just carrying a copy of the Qur'an with you. This is not the concept of Hamlul Qur'an. There are people who carry Torah or carry Qur'an or Gospel or whatever, but they just carry it. It's not the real meaning of Haml. So Haml is much deeper than this. When it comes to the trust of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah says, We presented the trust, which is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to happen in this world. Something which is in need of very high position, very close position to Allah so that you can deliver this message to become Khalifa, the Vicegerent of God, to be able to implement the Qur'an. These are things which are all related to this trust. So Allah says, we presented this trust, Allah samawati, wal ardi wal jibal, the skies, mountains, 
and the earth. فَأَبَيْنَ أَنْ يَحْمِلْنَهَا They refused to carry this. Not because they were arrogant. وَأَشْفَقْنَ مِنْهَا They refused because they said we cannot. So when it comes to mountains, earth, skies, they are honest. They are very straightforward. When they cannot do something, they say we cannot. So they said we cannot carry this trust, undertake this trust. But وَحَمَلَهَا insan. But insan, human beings, they said we can. And of course they could. They had the capacity. But the problem is that in reality, they didn't fulfill the requirements of carrying this trust. إِنَّهُ كَانَ ظَلُومًا jahula. Man has been most of the time unjust and ignorant. Except the people that later Allah excludes. So, this is very important concept. That human beings have this ability that they can be given something to carry and then they actually don't carry. They undertake the responsibility but then they run away from the responsibility. So it's not like the mountains. If they carry something, if Allah gives them Quran, they want to follow it and implement it. And therefore they cannot. So they say, please, you know, this is too much for us. But when it comes to human being, they can take it. But unfortunately, most of the time they are not showing their responsibility. So, Hamlul Quran, to be able to carry the Quran, is a great honor. And I want to explain what does it mean. But before I explain, let me talk about its honor and its merit. For example, Imam Sadaq quoted from the Prophet Muhammad Hamalatul Quran Those who carry the Quran are representatives of the people of heaven. They are, you know, like standing in the first line and represent the people of heaven. So this is the value of carrying the Quran. Or for example, the Prophet Muhammad said, Part of honoring Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, part of showing respect to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is to show respect and honor to these three group of people. The person who has become old and his or her hair you know, is becoming white. To show respect to an old person is part of showing your respect to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And second, Quran, the one who is carrying the Quran. And the third, Adil, if there is a just ruler, a just leader to honor him is like honoring Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Hamilul Quran is to be honored 
as a requirement for honoring Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there is a hadith also from the Prophet in which he said, Ashraf ummati, the noble people in my ummah. Who are the noble people? Who are the most honorable people in the ummah of the Prophet? Not necessarily the people who have more knowledge or more money or more children or bigger family. No. The Prophet mentioned two groups of people. Hamalatul Quran, those who are carriers of the Quran, and Ashabul Layl, those who do tahajjud and ibadah in the night. So if you want to be noble, you have to have these two. It's not a matter of money or anything else. And there is a hadith, Jabir quotes from Imam Bagr and Imam Bagr from Imam Sadiq, in which Imam said, Ya ma'ashira qurra'i al-Qur'an ittaqu Allah azza wa jal fi ma hammalakum min kitabih. People who are reciting the Quran, be very concerned about Allah's pleasure with respect to the responsibility that you have been undertaking by becoming a carrier of the Quran. So when you carry the Quran, it's a great responsibility and Allah will ask you about this. Have you been able to fulfill the requirements of being a carrier of the Quran? The Prophet said to the people who read the, read the Quran, I am responsible, I have to be accountable and you are also responsible and have to answer to Allah. And then the Prophet said, I am responsible to deliver the message of Allah to you. And you will be asked about what Allah has asked you to carry with respect to the book of Allah and my sunnah. So, this concept of Hamlul Quran, and then for the person who does this Ham is Hamil, and the plural is Hamala, is very profound concept, which is coming from the Quran itself and then in Hadith. What does it mean to carry the Quran? To carry the Quran has one physical meaning and one spiritual meaning. To carry the Qur'an physically means to have a copy of the Qur'an with you. And this shows that you are a person who is familiar with the Qur'an, wants to read the Qur'an, wants to benefit from the Qur'an. Whenever he gets chance or she gets chance, she opens the Qur'an, she starts reading. When she has a discussion and wants, for example, to find a reference, she says, okay, this is what the Qur'an says. So, so this is good. And it's a blessing to have Quran with you all the time. Of course, you must be careful not to you know, do something that might be insulting the Quran. So, for example, if one has in his pocket when goes to the washroom, you know, should leave it somewhere. But it's very good and it's protection if you have Quran all the time with you. But this is not enough. This is just to begin with. 
Maybe there are people who have uh, few copies of the Quran with them. This is not enough. We have to be careful so that we will not be like those people that Allah says, They were carrying the book, but they were not really carrying the book. They were just carrying papers. There is a difference between carrying the papers and carrying the book. Because the book is different from the paper. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala criticizes some faith communities who use to distort their book and misrepresent, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أَتَجْعَلُونَهُ قِرَاطِيسِ are you making your divine book a piece of paper? You think the Torah or any divine book is just a piece of paper? Then you can add something, you can take out something as a matter of your convenience. The divine books are not pieces of papers. These are just a record of divine book. The reality of the divine book is the light, is the mercy from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you have to carry that light and mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not just the paper. This paper can be carried by a machine. You can put in a, in a lorry thousands of copies of the Quran and goes around. This is not to carry the Quran. Or even a kafir, the one who doesn't believe the Quran. Maybe there is a person who is taking the Quran to a meeting to insult the Qur'an, or to refute the Qur'an. He's carrying the Qur'an, but why? To refute the Qur'an. So this is not the concept of Hamlul Qur'an. So Hamlul Qur'an means to carry the reality of the Qur'an with you. What is the reality of the Qur'an? Light. If you are a person who has light, so you are carrying the Qur'an. Quran is healing. Is healing. Are you a person who is able to solve problems of people? Are you a healer? Or you are a troublemaker? When you go and visit people, do you leave them in peace? Or you create troubles and disputes and confusions and conflict? Are you a person who is merciful? Quran is rahmah. So, to carry the Qur'an means to be loyal to the Qur'an in all different levels. Starting from the physical carrying of the Qur'an, carriage of the Qur'an, up to the reality of the Qur'an. So, your mind must also carry the Qur'an. Your heart must also carry the Qur'an. Otherwise, we become like those that Allah blames. Like a donkey which is carrying the books. So we have to be with the Quran, but not just physically. By our heart, by our mind. Everything. Like the hadith that we had that the Quran should be mixed with flesh and blood. The young reciter of the Quran is Mu'min. The Quran will be mixed with his flesh and blood.
Okay, so this is one point that I wanted to mention, but uh, there are also some points that I uh, think if someone wants to go to some deeper understanding of Haml can consider, so I say it quickly, uh, but I don't have time to explain it, so I just give it as a clue. I think one thing also that we can understand from the concept of Haml Qur'an is that not to leave the Qur'an unattended. Because what is opposite to Haml is to just ignore the Qur'an, to leave the Qur'an on the ground or on the shelf. So it's telling us that you have to carry the Qur'an, means that you have to take Qur'an on board, you have to respect Qur'an, not let Qur'an... You know, if you have something valuable, you hold it, you don't put it on the floor. The other thing is that when you are hamil, you have to be a kind of guardian. For example, we have in the Qur'an, Hamalatul Arsh, the angels who are patrons of the Divine Throne, they are guardians. It means that you are responsible. When I am carrying something, it's my responsibility to look after it. And the third thing is that we have to be carrier of the Qur'an, not carrier of other books or other, you know, schools of thought, others, you know, uh, ways of looking for explanation for life. So Hamilul Qur'an is telling that he or she is the person that has chosen the Qur'an instead of any other solution or any other way of life. So these three also things are to be considered about the concept of Hamilul Qur'an, but we don't have time to expand more. And then after Hamilul Qur'an, another concept that we have is to follow the Qur'an, which is coming very close to uh, Haml, to carrying the Qur'an in the way that we explain. So, to follow the Qur'an, as the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu said, whoever makes the Qur'an his or her leader, Qur'an will lead him to heaven. مَنْ جَعَلَّهُ أَمَامَهُ قَادَهُ إِلَى الْجَنَّةِ Amam in Arabic means ahead, in front. Imam is called Imam because the Imam is the leader who stands in front of his people and leads them. So the Prophet says, if a person makes the Qur'an his guide, his leader, the Qur'an will lead him to heaven. So you have to follow your leader. You have to follow Qur'an. But, وَمَنْ جَعَلَهُ If someone, na'uzu billah, puts Qur'an behind and turns his back to the Qur'an, then the Qur'an will push him to hell. So either you follow the Qur'an or you insult the Qur'an by saying that I don't accept you. So... Is the way that a person can end up his uh, uh, life. But to follow the Qur'an or to act upon the Qur'an has different aspects. 
One is with respect to beliefs. We have to base our beliefs on the Quran. Quran is the book that tells us our doctrines, our creed. Of course, details can be taken from Sunnah, from Hadith, and we are in need of those details as well. But the major belief system of a Muslim must be based on the Quran. And every Muslim must be able to argue from the Quran. If you are able to argue from the Quran, it gives you assurance. And also it is good because then you can communicate with all Muslims. So it's very good that always to be able to back up your ideas with the Quran. Then with respect to our actions... Our actions are to be according to the Quran. When the Quran says, Allah says, You must act justly. You must act benevolently. You must give to your kinship. So these are the actions that we must perform. Or Allah says, You must pray, you must fast, you must give alms, you must give homes, you must go to Hajj. So our actions must be according to the Quran and also our traits of character, our akhlaq, our traits of character must be according to the Quran. What type of person Quran is praising? Quran sometimes praises people and blames some people. I have to try to be one of the people that the Quran praises. For example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ibadur Rahman, Alladina Yamshuna Alal Ardahauna, wa Ida Khatabahumul Jahilun, Kalu Salama. The true servants of Allah are those that when they walk, they walk humbly. They are not arrogant. They are very humble. They don't want to annoy anyone, they don't want to trouble anyone. They are very humble and soft and gentle. And even if despite this, they are mistreated by jahilun, by unwise people, by ignorant people, they tell them bad words. Qalu salama. They say, peace be with you. They don't waste their time and energy by saying you know, bad things to them. So sometimes you know, when a person says bad things, then we react or sometimes we even overreact. He says one thing, we say ten things. But Quran says the true servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if someone addresses them in a bad way, qalu salama. They say, peace be with you. They don't want to waste the time and energy or to create more hatred. Okay, so we have to find what type of people Quran is praising so that I try to be one of those people that are praised by the Quran. So this is the concept of acting according to Quran or following the Quran. Another thing that we have in our hadith is to honor the Quran. It's very important to honor the Quran. For example, first of all, we have to know what is the position of the Qur'an? How can you honor someone? You can only honor someone if you know and recognize and acknowledge the position of that person. 
Otherwise, you cannot honor. If you want to honor a marja, if you don't know what is marja taqlid, you cannot honor him. If you know that is the position of marja, then you can honor him. So, to understand the position of the Quran, I just mentioned one hadith. And I mentioned this hadith perhaps uh, previously, but it's so important that I mention it again. Imam Ali salam quotes from the Prophet wasallam, in which he said, Avalaysa kitab rabbi afdhal al-ashya ba'dallah azza wa jal. Isn't this the case that the book of my Lord is the greatest thing after Allah himself? So we should have this understanding. That after Allah, the greatest thing in this dunya is Quran. Which is the word of Allah. It's, it's not a creation of Allah. It's the word of Allah. Anything else is a creation of Allah. But Quran, the Prophet is saying that it's the greatest thing after Allah. If we have this understanding, you know, when we think of Quran, we start shaking. I am with something which is the greatest thing in the whole world after Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, we have to have this recognition of the Quran. Imam Sadiq alayhi salam quotes from the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Man al-Quran. The one who has been given Quran as a person or as a community. The community which has been given Quran, or the family which has been given Quran, or the person who has been given the Quran. And then he thinks that someone else is richer than him, has been given something better than him. A person who has Qur'an but thinks another person has something better, this person has not really understood what is great in the sight of Allah and what is little in the sight of Allah. So instead of recognizing the greatness of Qur'an, he has thought something which is not significant in the sight of Allah to be great. And this is a big mistake. So if Allah has given me opportunity to be a person who is familiar with the Quran, Allah has given me children who read the Quran, who think on the Quran, practice the Quran, and then I say, that person is much more successful than me. Why? Because his business is better or he has you know, more you know, money or beautiful house. This is wrong. No one should think that with Qur'an he is poor or someone else richer than him. So this is one way of honoring the Qur'an. In another hadith, the Prophet Muhammad wasallam said, and this hadith is amazing. And this is in Biharul Anwar, volume 92, page 17. Man waqqara al-Qur'an faqad waqqara Allah. 
If you respect the Quran and honor the Quran, you have respect and honored Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you want to do something to show how much you love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, respect the Quran. وَمَن لَمْ يُوَقِّرِ الْقُرْآنِ فَقَدْ اسْتَخَفَّ بِحُرْمَةِ اللَّهِ The one who doesn't treat the Qur'an with respect and honor has not respected Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then, look at this. حُرْمَةُ الْقُرْآنِ عَلَى اللَّهِ If you want to know how important is the Qur'an for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. حُرْمَة means respect and honor. If you want to know how much a person can be important for me, so you have to see how I react. For example, there are people that when they come, I say salam and I shake hand. There are people that when I come, that they come, I stand up. There are people that when I see they are coming, I go and jump to the door to receive them. There are people that when I come, I go to the reception and wait for them. There are people that I go to the street. Depends on how important is that person for me. If you want to understand how much Quran is important for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, look at this hadith. The hadith says, Hurmatul Quran ala Allah. The respect that Quran has for Allah is is like the respect that a parent has for the child. If the Prophet's father comes to him, what does the Prophet do? For sure, the Prophet would go and wants to kiss the hand of his father and give his place to his father and do everything for his father. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala treats the Qur'an like a person treats his father. Not because Qur'an is the father of Allah, Allah has no father. It means that the maximum respect that a human being shows to another person is the respect to the parents. Allah has this amount of respect for his word. Because this is the greatest thing after Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, our understanding of the Qur'an must be different. Imam Sadiq said, There are three things that would complain. They would complain on the Day of Judgment and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for justice. Because I don't think it's just a matter of complaining, it's a matter of asking Allah to do something. One is Masjidun Kharab, a mosque which is not in a good condition. What does it mean it's not in good condition? It means that it doesn't have the best carpet and the best lighting. No. La yusalli fihi ahlu. Because for Masjid to be in good condition is to have people who go there. Because Allah says, إِنَّمَا يَعْمُرُ مَسَاجِدَ اللَّهِ مَنْ يُؤْمَنْ To make the mosque in a good condition, you have to go and say your prayer. This is the most important thing. Of course, 
Then they must be, must be very clean, very nice, very beautiful, organized. Everything must be tidy. But nothing can replace the people who go to the mosque. Sometimes people to keep the mosque, you know, very clean, they try to reduce the number of people who go to the mosque. They say, don't bring your children, don't bring, you know, this, don't bring that. Uh, I visited a place uh, in London for some community I don't want to mention. And it was so clean, so beautiful, like a museum. I said, I don't think anyone, you know, comes to this place for praying. I think it's just a kind of exhibition place. Yes, people must come and go. And of course, you should keep the mask clean. But nothing can replace the people. Allah wants in his house to have his people there. Especially children must be there. We can organize things for the children to keep them, you know, uh, happy and at the same time keep you know the functions you know uh, quiet and not disturbed but we have to let people come to this to the mosque so a mosque in which people don't say the prayer will complain on the day of judgment oh Allah these people have not respected me if there is a scholar and this scholar no one listens to him no one learns from him no one pays attention, he would complain to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I was there, I was available, no one came to me. وَمُصْحَفٌ مُعَلَّقٌ قَدْ وَقَعَ عَلَيْهِ الْغُبَارِ لَا يُقْرَعُ And the Qur'an which is hanging somewhere, there are dust on the Qur'an, no one reads that Qur'an. This Qur'an will complain to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No one was interested in me. No one showed respect to me. No one read me. No one followed me. So we have to honor the Quran. And then finally about honoring Quran. The, uh, the, uh, uh, in Nahjul Balaghi, Imam Ali salam says, if you want to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you do tawassul, wasila, wasila. You appeal to Allah, call upon Allah by something. One thing that you do tawassul is Quran. In the same way that we do tawassul to Ahlul Bayt, we do tawassul to the Quran. This is why in Laylatul Qadr, we do tawassul to the Qur'an and Ahlul Bayt. Imam Ali says, فَاسْأَلُوا bihi." Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through the Qur'an and with the help of Qur'an. And turn towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with the love of Qur'an. If you love Quran, Allah will pay attention to you. Allah will be more merciful with you. And then Imam Ali says, "Innahu ma tawajjahad ibadu ila Allah bimithlihi." People have never gone towards Allah Subhanahu wa Taala by something like Quran. Nothing can replace. Quran. 
This is the most beloved thing in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The other thing that we have is learning and teaching the Quran. Another thing that we have to observe is to try to learn and teach the Quran. There is a hadith which says, خِيَارُكُمْ مَنْ تَعَلَّمَ الْقُرْآنَ وَعَلَّمَهُ The best of you are the people who teach the Qur'an and learn the Qur'an. These young children who go to madrasa or to Qur'anic classes to learn the Qur'an, these are very much loved by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? Because they are learners of the Qur'an. Those who teach them are very much loved by Allah because these are mu'allim of the Qur'an. In all different levels, anyone who is involved in learning or teaching the Qur'an or helps them, Maybe you are not a teacher, but you bring people together. You encourage people to come together. You give them a cup of tea. Everyone who helps in this process of learning and teaching the Quran is loved by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Imam Sadiq said, Yanbagi lil mu'min, Allah yamut. A mu'min should not die unless yata'allam al Quran. يَنْبَغِي لِلْمُؤْمِنَ لَا يَمُوتْ حَتَّى يَتَعَلَّمَ الْقُرْآنِ A mu'min must not die unless he or she is the state of learning the Qur'an أو يَكُونْ فِي تَعْلِيمِهِ or he or she is teaching the Qur'an. So either you must be learning or teaching the Qur'an. Your connection with the Qur'an must be there till end of your life. What are you doing? I am learning. What are you doing? I am teaching. If you say, I have graduated and I am not doing anything, nor learning, nor teaching Quran, this is not acceptable. Till end of your life, life, either you are increasing your knowledge or increasing knowledge of someone else about the Quran. And then, the last point that I want to mention is, Estentaqul Quran. This is a very important concept that we have in hadith. The Quran, in addition to the all wise ideas that it has, and by reflection and by tadabbur, you can understand and benefit, has very specific answers for everything. I repeat again, this is very important. So, in addition to all the wise ideas that the Quran has, and by reflection you can get them, general principles, general ideas, in addition to that, Quran has a specific answer for every question. Everything that we need to know for our life, for our happiness, is available in the Quran. But the second, which is a specific answers, doesn't come just by reflection. Doesn't come by just reading the translation or interpretation. The Quran is a living book. Is as we explained. Previously, the Qur'an is not something which is thrown at us. The Qur'an is something which is extended to us. So it's always held by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
And the Quran has applications for everything. Imam Sadiq says, لِلْقُرْآنِ تَعْوِيلٌ يَجْرِ كَمَا يَجْرِ اللَّيْلُ وَالنَّهَارِ Quran has application which goes on as long as days and nights go on. So when days and nights are changing and there is alteration of days and nights, in the same way, Quran is coming along with us throughout our life and life of other human beings. It's a, like a river which is flowing. The water is flowing. It's not a stock. It's not fixed. It's always fresh and coming. If you walk on the riverside, when you walk, the water is coming. It's always fresh. It's not the water which was there, you know, from yesterday. It's always fresh and coming with you. The Quran is coming along the days and nights. And in the same way that sun and moon are moving and are going in their own orbits, the Quran is moving and coming forward. So, Imam Sadiq said, فَإِذَا جَاءَ تَعْوِيلُ شَيْءٍ مِنْهُ وَقَعَهُ فَمِنْهُمَا قَدْ جَاءَهُ وَمِنْهُمَا يَجِهُ So, the applications of the Qur'an can be about the things which are happened, which have happened, or the things which are going to happen. So, anything which is happening has a Qur'anic application, has a Qur'anic reference. No matter whether it is small or big, it is personal or social. So, the Qur'an has answer for everything and this is coming along with the time. But, who can understand this? The people who are able to make Quran speak to them. Imam Ali salam says, Zalikal Quran. This is the Quran. Fastantu. Ask Quran to speak to you. Quran is a living. Reality. If there is a person who is wise, who is knowledgeable, who has all the experiences and who will give you wise ideas, what do you do? When you have a problem, you go and ask him. If you think that that person is deaf, you don't ask him. But if you know that this person is able to speak, so you go and present your case. You ask him, and then he answers you. The Quran is like a wise person. I am saying like the, a wise person because the Quran is much more than any wise person. Quran is Al-Hakim. There are only two Al-Hakim. One is Allah and the other is Quran. In the whole Quran, the term Al-Hakim with Alif and Lam is only used for Allah and the Quran. 
Quran is full of wisdom and has life and has applications for every problem. Okay. You have to go to the Quran and ask the Quran. This is my problem. But to be able to do this, you need several things. First of all, you have to recognize the Quran. You have to know the position of the Quran. Otherwise, you don't go to the Quran really and honestly. Secondly, you have to be able to say to the Quran, Oh Quran, I have implemented all the general instructions you have given me so far. I am looking for something specific now. I know everything that you said. I have implemented them, but now I need something specific. Not that, you know, I know many things and I don't bother about them. Give me something specific. No. If you go and ask your marja about a question, if it is a general question, he says, read my Rasala. But if you say, I have read all your Rasala and this is not there, he says, okay, now I give you answer. But if it is in the Rasala, he doesn't give answer. So go and read the Rasala. So, if I have implemented the whole Quran and I need a specific extra guidance, I go to the Quran and I present this to the Quran and the Quran gives me answer. Imam Ali says, Quran That is the Quran. Ask Quran to speak to you. But Imam said, Walan But Quran will not speak to you. Why? Because you have not fulfilled the requirements for this. Quran only speaks to the people who are pure. La yamasuhu illal. Mutahharun. If I have achieved that purity, Quran speaks to me. Quran gives me a specific guidance for everything. So Imam Ali says, you try this. But unfortunately, because you don't try it in the proper way, the Quran will not speak to you. So I speak on behalf of the Quran to you. So when people cannot understand the Qur'an, then Ahlul Bayt are the speaking Qur'an and they speak on behalf of the Qur'an to them. But for the Ahlul Bayt themselves, they get from the Qur'an. Then Imam Ali said, إِنَّ فِيهِ إِلْمَ مَا مَذَى وَإِلْمَ مَا يَأْتِي إِلَى يَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ In the Qur'an, there is knowledge about Whatever has happened so far and whatever is going to happen, everything is in the Quran. The Quran explains everything that you disagree on, everything that is happening between you. Quran has answer for everything. So we need to purify ourselves to make sure that we have implemented every general teaching of the Quran, then there is a chance for human beings to be able to be spoken by the Quran. In another hadith, Imam Ali says, فَالْقُرْآنُ عَامِرٌ زَاجِرٌ وَصَامِتٌ نَاطِقٌ Quran commands and prohibits. 
Quran is speaking and silent. For some people, Quran is natiq. For some people, Quran is samet. Means for some people, Quran speaks. For some people, Quran is silent. It depends how much people are trusted by the Quran. Sometimes I use this example. I say, Quran is like a jewelry. If you are the person who is in charge of that jewelry, you show some people this jewelry and you don't show to some people. If there are thieves, you don't show them. If there are reliable people, you show them but in a glass. Say, don't touch this. Just look from glass. If these are people who are very much, you know, trusted and you love them and you know that they are not going to misuse or damage, you let them open the glass and touch it. If they are much more trusted, you even let them hold it. And maybe if they say, you know, can I have it, you know, for a day, even you may give them. You say, yes, you can have this, you can carry this. So, the same is with the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would give us different levels of access to the Quran. Some people's access is only to look at the Quran from behind the whales. Some people can touch the Quran, but just the surface. Some people can hold the Quran. So there are different levels of access. إِنَّهُ لَقُرْآنٌ كَرِيمٌ فِي كِتَابٍ مَكْنُونٌ لَا يَمَسُّهُ إِلَّا الْمُتَحَرُونَ This valuable, noble Qur'an is in a hidden book. And only the people who are purified can touch it. And they can just touch it. لَا يَمَسُّهُ إِلَّا الْمُتَحَرُونَ The purified people just can touch it. They cannot go into all aspects of the Qur'an. Because only Allah knows the Qur'an. No one like Allah knows the Qur'an. Because the word of Allah. After Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then the Prophet. But even Allah knows Qur'an better than the Prophet. Because even the Prophet cannot exhaust everything about the Qur'an. This is the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, this is to let Qur'an speak to you. The, one of our great ulama, may Allah prolonged life of all ulama, especially Ayatollah Jawadi Amuli. He says, he has a beautiful example here about istintaq. He says that tadabbur, that explaining the difference between tadabbur and istintaq. He says tadabbur, reflection on the Quran, is like having a river and then you get water from this river. This is tadabbur. You go and take some water from the river. But he says, Estentag means to go and dig into the deeper layers of the earth and reach the treasure and the source of water which are underlying. That is Estentag. So you are not just pleased with the water which is on the surface. 
you go and try to find out the source of the water. Maybe it's water, a spring water which is coming from, I don't know, one kilometer from, for example, the earth or from a mountain. So, estentag is to go to the sources and to the deeper levels. Imam Ali salam says in another hadith, Hadha al-Qur'an, this book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this Qur'an, la yantiq, I don't read all of it, I read just part of what he said. La yantiq min lisan, wa la budda min tarjuman, wa innama yantiq anhu al-rajal. Imam said, this is the Qur'an. The Qur'an doesn't have a tongue to speak. But the Qur'an has ideas to give you, but for the people that have access to the Qur'an. So the tongue of the Qur'an becomes some people who have been given access. So there are people who act as interpreters as tarjuman, as the people who convey the message of the Qur'an. So, you don't hear actually voice coming from the Qur'an, but the guidance of the Qur'an clearly is conveyed to those people who have access, and then of course they can share with other people. So, this is something that can be you know, available to us if we reach that level and then we find that in the Qur'an, there is clear guidance for everything. As Imam Sadiq said, that there is no two persons who disagree on something, except that there is a principle in the Qur'an about that, that solves the problem. So, what we have said in these 14 sessions, alhamdulillah, was to understand what is the Qur'an, where does this Qur'an come from? Why the Qur'an has come? What is the purpose of sending the Qur'an? How Allah has revealed the Qur'an, the concept of revelation in general and the Qur'anic revelation in particular. When the Qur'an was revealed, then we talked about Laylatul Qad, why the Qur'an was revealed to the Prophet Muhammad And then we talked about the fact that the revelation of the Qur'an was not only with respect to the meaning, even the words were revealed. Then we talked about the order of the Qur'an, and we said the order of the verses, the sequence of the verses are also revealed. And then we talked about the way we can benefit from the light of the Qur'an and different types of encounters that we can have with respect to the Qur'an. I pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to enable us to make Qur'an our companion in this world and the hereafter. May Allah make our community a community that respects and honors the Qur'an and gives the Qur'an its due respect. May Allah make our children, our uh, youngsters, our elders, all the tawfiq to serve the Qur'an, which is the greatest honor. May Allah, inshallah, enable us to follow the teachings of the Qur'an and show the beauty of the teachings of the Qur'an in our practice.
to the people of the world. May Allah make our Imam Zaman happy and pleased with us. May Allah hasten the reappearance of Imam Zaman. May Allah include us among his true followers. May Allah heal all ill brothers and sisters. May Allah forgive all marhumin, especially those who have taught us the Quran and the teachings of the Quran and Ahlul Bayt the ulama, the maraj. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect and prolong the life of the teachers of the Quran, our ulama, our maraj. May Allah protect our houses and universities and schools and madrasas, any place of knowledge that we have. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us in these months of Ramadan so that without forgiveness we don't leave these months of Ramadan. وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين.